Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Okay, and what if someone had a low ticket coaching product, right? Of mini program or course or something, would that fall into low ticket or where does, where does the line get drawn? Is it a $20 um, purse? Is it a $80 purse? You know, like, is it a $300 purse? Like, where do we start drawing the line? I'm not going to pull punches. Um, What what I'm going to say is this, if the only products you have are low ticket, um, then you're going to be really tight in terms of margin. You know, the ability to to convert a customer is really, really paramount for you. And if you don't have a way to monetize that person in the future, then you're go- you're going to come up against a challenge of of profitability. All right. So I'm going to take that as if you're trying to sell a forty-seven dollar program using Facebook ads, it's just the wrong thing to do. If you're trying to sell a forty-seven dollar entry program because you've got a 2000 5000 10000 back end upsell offer go ahead and play but don't you this platform is costly and if you want to make yeah. sure at the end of the day you're making money you need to have a high ticket on the back end i i'm going to say that that's pretty much 99% of the time that is true and the reason i say that is you really need to focus on long term customer value i mean if you have a low ticket product um, and you're able to convert traffic. I mean, it, it happens, but it's rare. So that's why you see people putting out products that are of that, of, you know, that price point. If you investigate their business further, there's some sort of service or some higher ticket on the back end. Um, it's really a numbers game. I mean, you really need to know how much does it cost me to acquire a customer? And on a mature media like Facebook, on Instagram, on Google, um, it's a mature, expensive media. So you have to be really good at conversion and you have to be really good about putting back ends in place to be able to monetize that person over time. That's how you make paid advertising work. Got it. So then how do e-commerce companies who are selling $10, $20, $30 gadgets make it work? Um, you'll notice that there's typically quick upsells. So they're trying to upsell you real quick. Uh, the second thing they're doing is they're building a list and they're pushing out email to you. So they're trying to get you to make future purchases. Um, I I, I kind of got my start in Facebook advertising with a company that sold $20 headbands. And it, as you were talking, it really reminded me of Amy. Uh, her name is Amy Krause. Uh, she lived in uh, Colorado and she had this idea. She said um, she, she was a real active, uh, she was a CrossFitter. Uh, she was a mom. She had three kids. She was married and she loved to work out. And so she would go to the gym. She would work out and she was really frustrated because she would wear a headband. She had wispy hair. So she needed to wear a headband and the headband would keep slipping off her head. So she's like, I could do better than this. So she went and figured out she sewed at her kitchen table, a headband that actually wouldn't slip off her head. And so the girls at the gym she said, like, started like, hey, can you make me some? So she made them for, you know, her friends at the gym. 
And then she's like, huh, <laughs> she's an entrepreneur. She's like, I wonder if I could sell these. So literally that's when we connected. Um, I was kind of the first person they hired and we, and, and here's what I told her. I said, Amy, you have a $20 headband. It's, you know, fairly expensive for a headband. And when you think about it, right. But here's, here's the big deal that I saw is that she had a really good story. And so we created a short 30 second video. It was basically this, hi, I'm Amy Krause. I'm a mom, I'm a CrossFitter. And I was frustrated when I went to the gym, I had a headband, it slipped off my head. So I sat down and created Boulder Band headbands. And you know, it's a headband for active moms. Well, what ended up happening, I told her, I said, Amy, people will knock off your product, but they can't knock off your story. And so we built an entire brand selling $20 headbands based on her story, created a, an amazing following, you know, a couple million followers on Facebook, um, you know, hundreds, hundreds and thousands of followers on Instagram at the time, but it became an eight figure business in 2014 and 2015. Um, in fact, she was the Shopify retailer of the year. Now they've since sold that business and moved on to other things, but that to me told me the power of Facebook in terms of telling a story having a brand that people connect with, but the importance of putting your face in front of people. So you mentioned this, you realize that it was, it was your personality that people were looking for, not the business. And so what I always strive to do with my clients is don't hide behind a brand, you know, get yourself in front of people because that's really what social media is. It's about you connecting with another person. People don't like to follow brands as much as they like to follow people. So I always try to turn my clients towards become, become a personality or become personable as much as you can. And that's, that's going to be a way that's going to make you really successful in social media advertising. Interesting. Okay. I like this. I like this a lot. So I have another follow-up question in that beginning, let's say we call it nurture ads, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many names for these and worked with these sure. all the time. What is there any call to action? Are you trying to, cause for me to run anything, to do anything and not have like a call to action, it like hurts. It's like painful. <laughs> it's like when I look at ads from like these, and this is part of what I exist for. And I see these like startup business, put ads in magazines and like, there's no phone number. And you're like, Oh, right, I can't right. breathe. It hurts. Right. Like it hurts physically. Right. Um, like to watch you waste money like that. So is the, there's no call to action, no buy my stuff, right? Because you don't know me yet. I'm not selling you anything, but is no. there a follow me or subscribe or click here for free access to my free whatever, or is there nothing? Hi, I'm here to show you stuff, teach you stuff. Keep an eye out for me. I'll be back again. Well, let me, let me kind of share with you kind of the philosophy behind this. Um, what we're actually trying to do here is we're trying to build up a following. All right. So the advantage of using Facebook advertising and the Facebook pixel is that you can pull somebody into your world and you can start to track them. So it really removes the pressure from you as an advertiser to have to, you know, um, get an email address or get a phone call or get a sale. All right. You're giving the prospect a little room to breathe and you create a space where you and that prospect can work back and forth to get to the point where they're going to be ready to do business with you. Now, I'm not saying don't put call to actions in, but what I'm saying is you start with value at the top. You can track them, whether they engage with something within the Facebook or Instagram newsfeed, or if they engage with something on your website, you move from, I pulled you in 
you know, I have this initial content that pulls you in and it, and gets your attention to, to the nurturing process where you start to deliver value. And then what I teach people is there's these off ramps. So you've got maybe an opt-in form over here. Um, you've got a webinar over here. You have a opportunity to talk with you on uh, a phone call or there's a webinar or presentation or something like that. It's during the nurturing process when people raise their hand and say, I'm interested. And then as you put more things in front of them, they're signaling to you that I'm interested. I'm interested. You give them opportunities to engage with you. And that's where the calls to action happen. So it's a weird thing for a marketer to say, I'm going to deliver content to you and not expect anything of you. What you're trying to do is sift and sort the audience at the top so that you're only pulling people into your world that have and they're showing interest in you. And that's where you're going to invest more money. And that's where you're going to start to deliver the calls to action. Does that make sense? It does. So I've done that all the years because to me, that's what organic is. I it deliver is. and I deliver and I deliver it and is. I don't ask for anything in return. And then at some point I'll let you know if there's something happening. What Where my brain is trying to, <laughs> the wires are getting crossed is like, I'm supposed to do the same thing on paid that I've done on organic. Right. <laughs> that's where right. it's so weird to me. Because right. to me, if I'm paying money, I need a return. But we're looking really, I'll tell you part of what I'm getting from this is that all mature media are a significant investment, right? The same way SEO is, a, is this, anyone who tells you, oh, I'm gonna get you SEO for $500. Right. I always tell my people, the guy's either an idiot or a scam artist. No yes. one can get you SEO for $500. And what I'm hearing is for Facebook ads and all these things, it's kind of the same thing at this point. All these mature media, these, <clears throat> they're glutted, right? There's right. so much on them. There's so much going on that you can't. You know, if you want to have like a quick in out, you're using something new, you're using something more volatile, you're trying to, and you're using organic. There, there is going to be an investment of some sort. It doesn't matter if you're going to achieve, if you're going to be in business in any sort of capacity, there's going to be investment somewhere. All right. Money buys you time. I've said that before. If you don't have money, then you have to invest time. There's going to be a lot of sweat equity involved. So if you have a low budget, if you don't have the ability to immediately turn a visitor into cash, then you are going to have to invest time in that. So there's going to be a cost. There's going to be something you pay. It's just that your currency may be different. Okay. But if you look at any sort of business that has significance, there, there are multiple strategies in place and they're willing to invest at different points along the way because they know how much their customers are worth. I mean, if you, I can guarantee if we sat down and kind of dug into your business, you know how much like a follower on Instagram is worth to you. Like, you know that if I get a follower, I average $2.30 of lifetime value off of a single follower. Like it gets down to that. So then you could turn around and go, oh, well, I can invest maybe 50 cents or a dollar or maybe up to $2.30 to get another follower because I know that's going to turn in money down the line. Right. So it's when you become a really sophisticated business owner, this is where you start to think about, you, you think down the road and go, oh, I'm buying customers. I'm not buying followers. I'm not buying email addresses. I'm buying customers. And so I, I spend a lot of time with clients thinking like, okay, how much are your customers worth? And then we start to back up and go, what can we invest in in order to turn this into a customer? And that really kind of 
that that really molds your whole strategy. So if you if you're selling low ticket items and you don't have a big ticket item, well then you're going to have to go organic. So what are we going to do? We're going to invest our time. We're going to invest our sweat equity to grow that. You really create an advantage for yourself if you have the ability to invest money because money gets you speed and it gets you to the place quicker. It gets you volume also. Yeah, yeah. No, I like this a lot. It makes a lot of sense. And this is awesome. (laughs) Good. I really like it. Okay, so now I'm going to take you. We're going to come back with, you know this really well, right? Clearly. I hope so. (laughs) Digital Facebook ads, inside out, upside down. What's a current business struggle for you at this point? That's a great question. Um, So my challenge is not in necessarily finding new people. My challenge is is really taking opportunities and understanding what are the right opportunities. So you get to a point in your business where you've scaled it to a certain point or you've reached a certain level. So obviously getting to write a book with Perry Marshall and with Entrepreneur Press is an amazing thing. Like I generally am humbled by it. I put 19 months of my life into writing that book. Wow, that's a lot of life. So now it is. But it's a labor of love because, I mean, essentially I'm putting my 22 plus years of direct marketing experience into it because that's what I do. I mean, if anything, if you kind of read my energy, it's like, oh, Bob loves to serve. Well, you also called me Coach Bob and I do that on purpose. I'm a high school basketball coach. That's what I do. I help people become better players, you know, you know whether it's on the basketball court or the business court. So that's what I do. I serve. So how can I best take this opportunity and, and leverage it so that I am maximizing the use of my time and helping the most people. So my current struggle, quite honestly, is that I've got a lot of opportunities that come to me and some of them aren't worth as much as others. And I'm having to turn away people that I would have normally said, oh, I can help you, I can help you, help you. Um, I'm having to make difficult decisions about turning away things that I would normally have taken. Uh, but now my time is more uh, my time is less. So my time is more filled with things. So, you know, in order to get a book out in the world, you have to talk to people. And I love it. Like, I love doing these interviews, but it, you know, this is an hour, hour and a half of my day that maybe I could do something else. So I'm making a choice to do this um, because I love doing it and I want to get the book out. I want to, if I want to impact more people, this is one thing I need to invest in, right? So I'm investing time in this way. So I, I have found that in the last few months as I've been moving from writing and producing the book to promoting it is that I've had to make some difficult decisions. And it's not easy for me because I am a helper by nature and I've had to make some difficult decisions and um, it's been tough. So that's been a little bit of a struggle for me. I really like that. And I love your, your willingness to be vulnerable with us, to be authentic with us on this. So here's my question. The same way when your primary goal was writing the book, right? You were willing to say no to other things that were coming up because that was the goal. If the goal is promoting the book, then are the things you're saying no to other forms of book promotion or other things? No, it's other things. It's business opportunities, right? Right. Um, it's, it's people that want to hire you for coaching or for instruction and so forth. So, um, I, I have not produced a ton of like passive training content before. So that was another challenge was, okay, if I'm going to help a lot of people, 
I can't personally help a bunch of people. So it forced me to step back and work on, you know, a coaching program, um, a, a training course, actually. I have a higher level coaching program. I had to increase the price of my coaching program to limit the amount of people that came in. So I've had to shift the way I've worked. Um, you know, I had run a large agency 10 years ago and we, we served a lot of people. I went through the bad economic downturn in 2009, had to fire everybody that worked for me because our clients didn't have any money. And when they didn't have money, they didn't pay me and I couldn't pay my staff. Um, so I had been running pretty lean. Uh, you know, I kind of changed my business model. I, I went from having a lot of employees to having more contractors so I could scale up, scale down. I learned a lot during that. But I was used to working with people more one-on-one. -on -one. And I've had to now shift again back to, I need to rely on more people to help serve. And I need to change the way I deliver my, my knowledge. So delivering it in a book, delivering in a course, deliver, delivering it in a high-end coaching program with multiple people versus helping people one-on-one. -on -one. And then also shifting from managing Facebook ads directly for clients to, I can teach you how to do it, but I can't do it myself. So there's been, there's been a lot of shifts this, this past year for me, for sure. I totally get that. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is I like, so there's really five stages of business, as I'm sure you know, I like to deal with the first three, right? So I call okay. it launch, grow, scale, and then you have like stagnation and failure. Those are like the last <laughs> you don't want to deal with, you don't want to deal with like, the last two? I don't really like that. There are people who specialize in stagnating businesses and failing businesses. My specialty is in the first three. Get okay. it off the ground, get it growing and scale it up. And the same way there's a qualitative, not only quantitative difference, you know, when you get hmm. from that zero to one, right? When you're like, you know, from that first client, from, from no clients to the first client, right? And the first few clients, and you're just seeing, is this a thing? Can I get it to work? Yes. How you work, what you do. And then as you start to grow and you start to hire and you start to delegate, you're getting more people. There's a qualitative difference in how you spend your time and energy. Absolutely. 100%. And Living the same thing happens that. at scale, but people yeah. get very used to their growth phase because it's because when you hit growth to me the end of growth phase it's when you have more than enough money to live on but that's kind of how i define it right because when you're that's an entrepreneur and in a service-based business even in a product base but for sure like when you're earning enough money that you're comfortable and you're more than comfortable you've and it's stable and you can rely on it you've grown and some people end there and they never go yeah. bigger because that's all they ever wanted right? Yeah. They call it a lifestyle business. They earn yeah. enough money to live yeah. how they want and they're happy and it's stable and it's good. But if you go to scale, there's a qualitative difference in how you operate. There's a qualitative difference in how you spend your time and energy in what you do in how, in everything you've been saying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been through this journey myself as well, still on it. And it's, it's very hard because yes. it's scary, just as scary as it is to go from that launch to grow where suddenly you're not talking to each person or working with them all the time. And you're starting to yeah. rely on other people at scale. It's even more. And the other yeah. thing at scale, and this maybe you haven't paid as much attention to, you have to narrow the same way from mm. launch to grow. You start to narrow. Cause when you first do it, like when I first started, I did home organizing. Some of my clients, I'd be in their home office. They'd be like, SD, you totally know what to do with my kids' clothes too. And I'm like, I totally do. You know, I'm a mom myself. And yeah. so they paid me my same business consulting rate to organize their kids' closet and manage their finance. In the beginning, I didn't care. You right. pay my hourly rate, I'll do whatever right. you want. Right. Mercenary, completely. Whatever you want, I will do. Yeah. If you grow, you don't do that anymore. It, it doesn't make sense. For you, you physically can't. 
you physically can't, and it doesn't make sense for the business, for the brand, like you stop. So you start to narrow your focus. You start to replicate and scale, you narrow further. You take the things that are, and it's so hard. And I know this is for me, my journey. It's so hard because you have these things, you like them. They work, they just don't work as well as the other things do. Right. You know, for us, we've had to shut down. uh, We have full, you know, creative consulting firm, multinational. We shut down our implementation department as of the time of this recording, you know, maybe I'll open it up again, but we had an entire department building logos, doing the branding, building websites for people, doing the social media and it worked, but it was so much time and energy and effort and paralleling that with the other stuff we're doing. Also, you scale on your biggest expertise. There are other people out there who do fantastic logos. They do fantastic websites. Am I the best? I'm not. I'm the best at organic marketing strategy. I have not seen anyone better. And I don't mean to be egotistical. I just haven't. I don't see anyone who does what I do there. And so if I'm going to scale, I'm going to scale on my superpower. And I'm going to have to let go of the things that work and they work great, but they're not my superpower. And if I have limited time and energy, that's all I'm going to be able to do. That is so great. Like, I'm going to go back and take notes on this. Like, you're, <laughs> you're, you're preaching to me here um, because there's a number of places where that's that's absolutely true right now. You're, you're kind of ruthlessly cutting things away that you kind of loved over time. Um, it's you, You're making difficult decisions, but for for scaling and for the health of the business, you have to make those types of decisions. So that, that was absolutely golden. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Love that. I'll tell you something else that I heard recently on a random recording, because sometimes YouTube is your best friend. Sometimes it's your worst enemy, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's like it. three in the morning and you're like, why am I watching pandas? I don't understand what happened. <laughs> well, they're uh, cute. Right. They're very cute. But you're like, it's three in the morning. This really shouldn't be happening. Um, and pandas are like on a good day, you know? Um, but sometimes you're just, you're listening to something random and then something else. And you're like, oh my God, this is good. Who is this guy? What is this? And I got introduced to this new, I don't even remember his name now, but I just put on this thing. I didn't even know what it was. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. This guy's interesting. And one of the things he said was celebrate FOMO. If you want to scale and you want to be big and you want to do big things, you're going to miss out. Wow. I need to write that down. I I wrote it down (laughs) myself. I literally was driving when I was listening to this. I pulled my car to the side of the road and wrote it down. Because I was like, this, it blew my mind, you know, and his example was like, he had to miss out on going with Richard Branson to like his private, um, like hunting retreat in South Africa. Like that's a FOMO, right? He's like, but if you, if you can't, if you're afraid, right? Oh, I'm going to miss out on things. Then you know what? You're going to keep yourself small because you want to have enough capacity to do all the things that are presented to you. If you want to be big, you want to do big things and you want to be out there. You've got to be completely ready and a ready start now. Oh my gosh, I can't do that. That's amazing because this is what I got to do instead because I have a higher purpose. I have a bigger goal. I have something else I'm going after and I can't even believe how cool it is. Like I've got a couple of things I missed out on recently that I'm like, I felt bad about. It's like, I can't believe I missed this. I can't believe I missed that. I can't believe I can't do this. And it's like the opposite. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm missing that. (laughs) How good is it that I get to miss that? Right? How cool am I that I got to miss? How amazing is my life that that's what I'm missing? And celebrate it. Boom. Then, Then you're ready to fly. 
All right. I feel like that's a that's really good. good you, you're, <laughs> you're like leaving me speechless. Like this is really like I've done a ton of these interviews. Like, man, you were teaching there. That is that is like that's hitting that's like hitting me right here. Now, now you so know what good. I do. Thank you. <laughs> that is so good. Oh, what a what a great value. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay. So tell everybody where they could find you, where they could find the book, your courses, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, I would love for people to visit. Um, I set up a, a resource for the book. It's at ultimatefb.com. And yeah, I have links to the book there where you can get it on Amazon, you know, 20 bucks. Uh, but I've got interviews with some of the co-authors, some really good deep stuff. People like Jeff Walker, Brian Kurtz, Ryan Dice, uh, Perry Marshall, uh, people that I'm really proud to know. They've got so much knowledge. So I've got those interviews there for you. And then once you get on the email list, I'm going to, I'm just going to give you a bunch of great stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of training. It's a lot of supplementation to the book. Um, I, I want this book to be living and breathing. Um, I wrote it so that it would survive many years, not be obsolete in a few months. Um, so again, you, you heard a lot. I wrote it. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep nurturing that thing. So I would love for people to connect to me there, ultimatefb.com. I would love to hear about your experiences. Ask me your questions. And I look forward to getting to know uh, some of you and many more of you. Amazing. That was fantastic. Okay, guys, go to ultimatefb.com. We'll obviously have that in the show notes as well. Um, so Bob, I like to surprise my guests at the end. Surprise, I didn't warn you. And I like to ask for a quote. Does not have to be your favorite one of all time, but it can be. But I love quotes. And so mm -hmm. I, 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 I ask my guests for them, whether they like it or not. So do you have a quote to share with us to send people on their way? I do, and I don't know necessarily who to attribute it to, but it's a it's a term we use. I, I use with my players. We use in our program. It's it's let's get better today, and it's something that we say at the beginning of practice. Um, it, it helps focus us, um, and I and I and I like it for my business players as well. It's you approach a day with the with with the with the mindset of like how can I improve myself today? You know, what can I focus in on? So it's a really good centering kind of statement for me, which is, you know, let's get better today. You know, let's, let's move a step forward. Um, it's not like we're going to conquer the world today. Maybe we will today, but at least let's take a step forward. So I, I just love, and I, the way I sign my book is let's get better today. Um, I wish I knew who it was, but it's so simple, but it's, it's a really good mantra that I love to live by. I think that is fantastic. And, uh, one of the things I love about the quotes is it always kind of exemplifies the person, like, you know, always getting better, always improving. Like what you said about the book, constantly going to yeah. nurture it. It's not going to just sit there on a shelf and die, always getting better, always improving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bob, this has been fantastic. Guys, for all of you listening, you know someone who needs to hear this. <laughs> I know you do. I know you know someone who's like, oh, I'm going to run a Facebook ad and get a bunch of business. No, they're not. Okay. <laughs> Save them the heartache and the loss of cash. Let them go to a restaurant, have a good dinner instead. Share this episode with them and subscribe for more absolute awesomeness. Bob, thank you so much. It's been an honor and a pleasure. One of my most favorite interviews in a long, long time. <laughs> Thanks. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?